You say teenager, I say toddler. Two longtime friends in different seasons of parenting process the past while dealing with the craziness of today. Enjoy! Welcome back, everybody, to You Say Teenager, <laughs> I Say Toddler. Teenager, toddler, teenager, toddler. Hey, everybody. You know, Kurt is like on a new level of excited right now. And so am I. And that's because we have a third person in our call with us today. We're super, super excited to talk to you guys about Karen Amos is coming to us from the other side of the pond. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Hi, Leanne. Hi, Kurt. Hi, everybody out there. Yes. I mean, I'm in Yorkshire in England. Okay. Love it. (laughs) Okay. Like, I realize that it's really immature of me to to even point this out, but man, you guys have the coolest accents. (laughs) Um, It's just so much fun. I'm sure you guys get this all the time, but it's just so much fun listening to the, the cadence of the way y'all speak and so if for no other reason I'm just the way the y'all audience. the way y'all speak <laughs> Karen the way y'all speak is really fixing to make me happy uh, yeah, but I've got a very northern accent so uh, yes <laughs> okay well we might I thought, have to just clarify I thought you were a thing Scottish or two at first oh, really? Spanish. I thought you were maybe oh Scottish oh right yes I, maybe I'm far off I have some friends I'm in business with over in Scotland and um no I'm I'm trying to learn the difference I'm trying to learn the differences is that where you're originally from of England so we're nearer to Scotland than London oh okay oh okay well um Karen was introduced to us by an acquaintance um from like a podcast group that we're a part of And the way this all came about is we kept coming up with this term on our podcast. We'd be talking about parenting. And then that term toxic positivity would come up. And it's such a buzzword right now. And we were both kind of agreed that we're like, I'm not really sure I know what toxic positivity is. And apparently, if I don't figure this out, I'm going to screw up my child for the rest of his life. Um, So maybe we should get some help on here. to unpack this whole toxic positivity thing that seems to be happening yeah. all around the globe i'd say in our country mm. but you know we're no, i think you're right i think it's just about everywhere yeah. everywhere right now so you know things would happen with kurt he was telling me a little story just this morning <laughs> yeah I mean, like i want to keep i want to keep myself in check you know i'm, I'm accused <laughs> almost daily by my 17 year old i feel like it's her go-to though for when she doesn't want to hear what i have to say you know, about being positively toxic or toxic positivity. (laughs) So I I can't wait. I'm I'm excited to hear what the expert has to say. Okay. I'm I'm not sure I've got, I've got everything that everybody wants to hear, but I'll try and give you my reality on this. How does that sound? That sounds, sounds good. Brilliant. Now, before you do, yeah. though, tell everybody what you do for a living and, and how, you know, why it was it that we were brought to you in the first place. Okay. Well, that mutual acquaintance. Um, so I own a company called Bright Birds Coaching and Training. Uh, I work as a coach and trainer, but mainly with businesses, organizations, schools. And I work on helping 
the people part of organisations, if you like. So productivity. Uh, and if I'm being flippant, I work to help stop teams at work killing each other. Yeah. There we go. Anyway, I work on the people part. So communication skills, how we manage difficult conversations, how we build great leaders. But obviously, I'm just interested in people in general. So our mutual acquaintance is somebody that I know through a business network that I'm in. Okay. And you, do you see this term come up a lot? Uh, particularly for some strange reason, this last 12 months, would you believe? Now, hmm, what's hmm. happened this last 12 months? I, I don't, don't know. know. I've been kind of bored. Yeah. I, nothing new for me. Yeah. Everything's perfect. Everything's perfect in my life. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so because of that, it's been cropping up a lot. Um, because I think there was this thing that obviously this horrible, catastrophic thing happened 12 months ago and the whole world went to hell in a handcart um, <laughs> and lots of people started saying well and kind of trying to counteract all the horribleness of the situation if horribleness is a word mm-hmm. and and I get that uh, because that's very much where I come from I'm a naturally sort of positive person I guess yeah, hold on, Kurt. Might, this might not <laughs> <Okay>. go. <laughs> He's already doing a happy dance. Okay. <laughs> I'm already doing the happy dance. Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I won't do my dance yet. Yeah. So, so what we got lots of, and I think this is why it's kind of come to the fore, because we've got lots of people doing, just think positive, just think positive. It will all be okay. And we'll all be okay. And I get that. And I don't disagree to some extent. But I think the problem is actually... It hasn't all been okay. Mm -hmm. And for some people, actually, what's happened has been catastrophic. Mm -hmm. They've been extremely ill and some people, many people have died. Mm -hmm. Many people have got lasting impacts. Businesses have gone to the wall. People's lifestyles have suffered. There's so many negative things about it. So here's, here's the, the, the difficulty, isn't there? That do we go, oh, everything's positive and we'll just concentrate on those things? Or do we say, well, actually, look at how horrible things are and there's this awful world and does that really help us either? Now, the thing is with toxic positivity, what it is, is the belief and the pressure that people have to be happy and positive at all times. But the problem is with it, that it kind of invalidates our normal human responses. Mm. If I've suffered a tragic event, it is actually healthy for me to feel sad, angry, negative about it. That's perfectly normal. It's a normal and really healthy human response. Where it becomes toxic positivity are all those people that go, no, 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 just look on the positive side. If I was a person who just lost my business, where I'd invested all my money and all my time, Mm -hmm. do you know right now, I don't feel that positive and that's okay. But I think that when we'd briefly spoken about this earlier, Leanne, the issue is when does that normal human response, I think your term was wallowing, wasn't it? Right. When does it become wallowing? And that becomes a bad thing itself. Right. Yeah. 
So does that make sense about the toxic positivity? Right. Is, is what it's actually doing is saying your negative response isn't okay. We're, we're going to push that on one side, pretend it hasn't happened. Right. And that can be harmful to people. So it sounds like it's really about finding the boundary in there. Mm. And that's kind of what we wanted to explore. That's what I kind of mm. feel like I come up across is finding the boundary between the two. Yeah. I see the, I see people that just go really down the deep end and they never yeah. really come back up. Yeah. And then I see, you know, the flip side of being accused of, uh, accused of, <laughs> Oh, what's not the allowing word? I'm sorry. for feelings or not allowing, not allowing for, for feelings. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, and, and you're right. I actually think this personally, the, the, the stance I take on this is, is there's actually space for both. Okay. But just for one thing, if you're the person who does tell everybody that everything's just going to be fine, to be honest, if you were that person yourself, let's say you've had a bereavement or something and some people get told you know it'd be okay or they've had a, an awful medical diagnosis do you know right then that's not really going to help you to to work that out and what you really need is a is an understanding ear isn't it and a listening ear that's actually said you know that's awful mm-hmm. what can I do to help Mm-hmm. what do you need right now now that's not necessarily wallowing it but what we're doing is mm-hmm. giving somebody some really healthy airtime and space to talk about the feelings in a natural way mm-hmm. so okay so in terms of parenting because I feel mm-hmm. like with an adult you know if I'm talking to a girlfriend yeah. who's going through something or what have you it's perfectly natural for me to be like gosh, that's really hard. I'm so sorry yeah. you're going through that. And just kind of maybe sit with them a little bit for that or or do our best to, to maybe look on the silver lining without, you know, completely negating how they're feeling. Yeah. But then you start talking about parenting. Mm. And the dun, dun, big, dun. <laughs> the big <laughs> emotions that children feel, and how they're not always as good at regulating their yeah. emotions. So for the stage that I'm in, with the little ones, it it's interesting to me. I did a comedy bit on this. Like literally, the minute your child comes out of you, <laughs> everybody's just running around, doing everything they can to make this child stop crying. Yes. And your entire early existence with your children, and just in general, I think it just keeps going. You're, it's like your whole fo- stop crying. It's okay. What's what do you need mm. from me? What do you need? Are mm. you hungry? Do you need a nap? Mm. We need. What are we going to do? Stop crying. Stop crying. Stop feeling all these big feelings because it makes us yep. so uncomfortable. And I have to yep. assume that's part of our, you know, our DNA. Mm. You know, we have to respond to their discomfort, but at the same time, as they start to get a little bit older and their feelings aren't so much about like, I need to be fed or I need to be changed or whatever. Instead, they're just having big feelings, you know, because mm-hmm. they didn't get their way or whatever. Then it's like, how do I acknowledge a toddler's feelings <laughs> and not let him wallow in this tantrum? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it's not that far off from what Kurt's experience with this teen, especially now with all the research that we have <laughs> knowing how closely their brains are actually acting mm-hmm. from toddler to teen, because they have a tendency to wallow in their emotions, or at least from my yeah. perspective, it looks like wallowing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, I suppose in one sense, it's, as you've said, acknowledging what's a valid feeling, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But not almost rewarding an unhealthy continuation of that. Mm-hmm. 
So mm-hmm. there's the balance. But actually, if we don't experience those feelings, when something happens in future, mm-hmm. which it inevitably will, so, I mean, it might not happen to you yet, Kurt, but I'm sorry, there are some downsides to life and sometimes <gasps> bad things happen. I'm sorry. There are? I'm sorry, oh, my God. I shall. Oh. So, <laughs> but, but when those things inevitably happen, we need a child that's emotionally robust enough and resilient enough right. to deal with that. Right. Yeah. So, so I haven't had children of my own. I have a stepson. Uh, very fortunate to have a lovely stepson and, and a daughter-in-law. And I'm now a granny. Yay! Yay! <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, you spoil them to death and then send them back home. It's fantastic. Totally. So, <laughs> but the thing is, so so she's, she's, Bowie is just under two years old. Okay. And it's that thing of that inevitable, I've fallen over, or I've done something that's just scared me. And she starts crying. Now, dad and granddad, as you've said, every fibre in their body says, oh, no, we must stop Bowie crying. We can't bear the pain of hearing Bowie crying. Mm -hmm. So, oh, Bowie, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. But I think mum has got an amazing approach to this because what she does is she acknowledges whatever's happened to her because it's valid. Mm -hmm. So, oh, Bowie, did that scare you? Did you hurt yourself? Mm -hmm. Mm. would you like a hug okay here we go here's a hug but what we're not going is hug goes on for hours and hours and hours and hours but it's like (laughs) like, do you feel better now is that feeling better Mm -hmm. what do you need but actually as they are at that age usually quite quickly is what shall we do now oh look there's Mm. there's the stuffed dog yeah. yeah shall we go get Doug <laughs> oh yeah there we go and she's happy again she's forgot about it but she's acknowledged those feelings yeah. and I think that's the balance really we're not saying you can't uh, feel like that it's really I got bad mom right now. So, yeah no I that, that makes I mean that makes sense listening to it absolutely well and then you know. so it's I don't know why it feels so natural for us to automatically say don't cry. Don't cry. It's okay. Don't cry. It's okay. But instead she's asking her questions. Mm. Did that scare you? And that's super helpful to just ask a question to start with. And then like, what, what do you need? And I, I know, I think I just did this too. Now I'm thinking like, I'm going to re re what's the word course. Correct. Mm. My son today, whenever I was putting him down, he's really funny sometimes about what he'll say. I'm scared. So like all of a sudden he decided he was scared to come over and let me finish brushing his teeth for his nap. And, and I'm, and so my response is always, you don't need to be scared. There's no need to be scared. There's no need to be scared instead of just asking him what's scary. Yeah. What's scary or, you know, what's scary today that wasn't scary yesterday. Anyways, I, okay. I'm sorry. I'm getting all excited because I'm like questions and trying to think it through the questions <laughs> that I need to start asking him. How does that translate to you, Kurt? Well, like in our situation, um, my daughter Babs, she'll be really upset about something. She battles, you know, with depression and um, teen angst and, you know, and it's been mm-hmm. magnified this past year. Yeah. You know, let's say there's a situation going on and she's just really devastated and I'm, I, I know this, I'm calling myself this. I'm like the fixer. I want to fix everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I know it's a male, I hate to say this, but it's, it seems to be a male 
characteristic mm-hmm. across the board. We, we just, we just want to fix things. We don't want to hear about sadness. We don't want it. Like you were mentioning about your husband and your son-in-law. Um, so, and also I'm known to be a very positive person myself. It's just, I'm a cup half full outlook. Yeah. Well, when something's going on and she's really upset, um, I'm really examining myself because, you know, it makes me so uncomfortable, her feelings. And of course I love her and I want her to feel better. So sometimes when she's really low, I'm like, okay, can we just find one positive thing today? Just one thing that we could focus on and it could grow. Mm-hmm. Well, she gets upset with me. Or if I suggest, Hey, could we make a gratitude list? Um, can we just find something and, you know, she'll accuse me of being, you know, toxic positivity, <laughs> you know, and so on. And I'm really trying to be like, listen, I hear you, this is bad. And I can see how that'd make you feel. But my thing is how long I can, there's really no end that she can just wallow, you know, it becomes wallowing. Yeah. 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 It, again, it goes to my boundary, you know, the, the boundary yeah. issue. Yeah. Where's the boundary and what verbiage can you use with her? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially a teen. Like what do you, I, and you said you work with teens in the workplace. Uh, no, no. I, I, I work with, uh, with, with adults in, in the workplace, but obviously oh. of many ages, I am of an age now. So I work right. across the age <laughs> But it, the thing is for me, it's about if we take a coaching approach to these kind of things. So, you know, back to those questions that we talked about, Leanne, It's about asking smart questions because the premise of coaching is we don't solve the problem for somebody. We help them solve it for themselves. Ah, Think about it. You've got a problem or you're in a bad place. What's the worst thing that your best friend says to you with all the best intentions? You know what you need to do. (laughs) Mentally, you just fold your hands, don't you? That's what you do. Even if they're right, in fact, if they're right, it makes it even worse sometimes because you know they're right, but you just don't want to be told it in that way. Right. So even if they're right, you go, no, 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 no. It's not that. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're to say to somebody, so back to that thing, I hear you, what you're saying is, so we really, they know you've understand them. So using terms like, so what you're saying is, now, you haven't invalidated somebody's feelings there. Okay. What you've done is, is you've validated that I can hear what you're saying. This is what you're saying. I understand you. You can't go wrong with that one. Okay. Because if you've got it wrong, they tell you. Okay. And they put you right and they correct you. Mm-hmm. So things like what I'm hearing is, what you're saying is. Yeah. I so like we, that. Yeah. 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 So we've, we've validated us. that. But then... What, what we're looking at is, is asking some smart questions. Okay. What would help right now? If you could have anything, what would it be? Or what's the most important thing for you right now? Now, you've got to be careful of that with the top. That was what I was just about to say the last time. Well, I would like a massive 20-foot teddy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that, that's, that's so doesn't work with the toddler, is it? <laughs> but can you see, it's like, so, so certainly for a teenager, well, well, if there was just one little thing that was better or one little thing that you could do, but they're working it out for themselves, they're not getting fixed. And we all do it because we're nice people at heart. Most, most people, 
we want to help make things better for people we come from a good place with it don't we right I agree. So f- yes. First, you're mirroring back to them what I, I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But this is what I hear you saying. And then um, start asking smart questions. Yeah. Um, Kurt has asked that question before with some comical results that didn't work out so well for him. Um, <laughs> you know, what what can I do for you right now? And then a request <laughs> was made that was not a reasonable request for him, um, in the middle of a work day. Yes. Are there any yes, other yes. questions besides what what can I do? I mean... Well, yeah so it's not it's not about you really that's the thing and that's the problem with the toxic positivity because it's coming from you it's not their thing it's your Uh, okay you know so and 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 the thing is as well we and and i get what you're saying kurt because i mean certainly teenagers i recall back yes i was one and i don't think i was a very pleasant one um (laughs) (laughs) and sometimes they do just feel as they do but it's that thing about um empowerment but in its positive ways what what control can she take what what would be better for you what would make it okay what how do you want things to be okay you know I really like that instead of because I tend to make that mistake like what can I do Mm -hmm. and then that that really opens up the unreasonable request but it's like you know what's one little thing you could do what could you Mm do you know what what would make you feel better am I following that yep yeah. Correctly? Okay. So can you see it's not coming from your point of reference? Mm-hmm. You've reflected back to her. She knows that you've understood. And like I said, mm-hmm. again, she'll tell you if you haven't. But you say, well, help me get it right then. What is it? I mean, okay, you might end up in, I don't know, I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, these things happen. But is is okay well how would you like it to be? What what would you like? What one thing? If you, If you just did one thing, that changed something what would it be but Ooh. questions like and I know I know uh, I saw the fear in and you first uh, uh, Leanne of, of, of like what if you could have anything you wanted right. so we do use it as in not as if I'm going to give you it but it what it does sometimes is it lifts us out of our stuckness because we only we sort of get this tunnel vision don't we that says well I can never have those things but actually sometimes there was a lot more possible than we believe it is. Okay. I'm wondering if like, okay, so whenever you're coaching, Mm. once you get to that spot where you're asking that question, what's something you can do or maybe something we can do together. What's something that can happen in this moment when you meet with resistance or if you meet with Mm. resistance, how do you combat that once you're at that place? And the, you know, it's like, there's nothing we can do. You know, I just, I'm just sad, you know, it's like, Mm. Do you yeah. just I just want to be sad. I just want to be sad. Well, to some extent, again, maybe people need to be. The other thing to look at is some aspiration. So a big thing about coaching is about having positive goals. But again, this isn't just think positive, think positive. This is about having something that I value that I want to work towards. Because if we have something that we want to work towards that we value, to be honest, get the right thing, nothing stands in our way, does it? We, we, we go through hell or high water and we make sure we get that thing. So it's about helping f- people find that. Now, sometimes, again, they're so stuck that they can't find it. A really good one to think about is think about role models. So what would so-and-so do in your position? Mm. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Write that down. 
I know, I'm like taking great notes here. (laughs) (laughs) So, so it it could be, you know, what would your best friend do, or or somebody that they admire, Mm -hmm. or what? Do you know somebody who's dealt with a situation like that? What did they do? I like. I think Mm. that would work for you, Kurt. Who do we know that's dealt with something like that? What do you think they would do? How did they get out of it, or something? That might be a. A yeah. good way to to keep going. Do you find adults? Do you find um the adults that you work with that you meet with a lot of resistance once you get to that point? Are people just like, "There's nothing I can do. There's nothing that can be done." Yeah, people people get really stuck because they 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 spend all their life with a, a certain belief system, okay. and 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 they've spent all their life reinforcing that. Mm-hmm. There, there was some research about whether people thought they were lucky or unlucky, mm. and they believed they were. And the lucky people did far better in life, mm-hmm. not because they were lucky, but they believed they were lucky. So they were watching out for opportunities because they're a lucky person. Mm-hmm. And the unlucky people didn't see the opportunities <laughs> because I don't get any opportunities because I'm unlucky. So we oh, get yeah. really entrenched beliefs as adults because we spend all our life then trying to prove we're right. Mm-hmm. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. You're right. Yes. It's one of my favorite quotes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so if you think about adults, quite often they'll come with very, very entrenched beliefs. Mm. But we can change around with this, but we've got to give people enough incentive, but it has to be what they want, not what you want for them. Right. That's you really know? hard as parents. It is really hard as parents. Yeah. Yeah, and especially, you know, and again, back to teenagers who don't always make the life choices you would like them to make. Right. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, but again, it's, it's getting them to work out what's important for themselves. Mm-hmm. Do, um, once you get to that place, is your response to a resistant adult to, like, kind of start getting digging deeper into their thought pattern? Like, essentially, like, I guess, cognitive therapy? Um, I do a little bit of that as a coach, but I'm not a, a specialist in sort of psychology and things like that. But what we often do is look at life stories. So what's mm-hmm. the story you've written for yourself? So that could be another one again for your daughter. If you were going to write your story from now, what would your story mm-hmm. be? You could write your story from now. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Such goldenness. We can do that as adults too. So we say, what what is your story? You know, and 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 is it, you know, my story is, you know, that I'm just destined to fail. My story is everything I try goes wrong. If that's your story, it absolutely will be true. Right. You know, my Ooh. story is that, you know, some really tough things have happened in my life, but I am really good at pulling myself up by my bootstraps and carrying on. Mm-hmm. That's my story. Right. That's what I do. Aww. So would you say if you could write your story from that, from moving forward now, from moving forward now, what would you like it to look like? Yeah. What would you okay. be doing? Who would be in that story? I'm hoping she's okay. going to write that. who would would be in that story what would they be doing interesting okay now this is uh this is gold karen thank you so much you know what this is i'm kind of going off on a tangent but this is a good exercise too because they're approaching the whole college applications what's my future going to look like going you know fleeing the nest in a short while that that would be a good exercise just for that anyway what do you yeah, want no. your story to be yeah 
because it, it, it's interesting because I need to, in my business, I have a story that I wrote out about what I want mm. my life to look like yeah. and like several years from now. And I read it before yeah. I go to bed and when I wake up and it obviously it evolves and I need to really do some changes. And I never really thought to have Babs do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but, but, but there's the power of it, isn't it? And I know so you podcast and you've talked about things like manifesting, but, but actually there's, there's a brain process that goes on here. So I'm going to put my cards on the table. Manifesting isn't my thing. However, okay. the principles of, that positive thought and here's my balance you see I'm I'm not saying we shouldn't think positive because we get what we focus on and that's what you're doing with your story Mm -hmm. you've got a vision in mind and you are heading towards that but you keep reminding yourself frequently of what it is Mm -hmm. and that's what you're focusing on so any opportunity to get there again you're seeing it you don't mm-hmm. get there because you're lucky. You get there because that's what you're focusing on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That, that's where I feel like science marries manifestation right yeah. there. Um, it's, it, there is a connection, yeah. you know, but yeah. it's, not just, it's not just here in America, as we say, the woo-woo, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I've got to be honest, from where I come from, I, I get very reluctant to get into the woo-woo. Uh, as people oh. work with, know that yeah I, that's not how I say it and people are often quite surprised at that because I do concentrate on lots of positive thinking but literally it is the way our brains are wired so if I said to you think of something blue think of blue mm-hmm. if you looked around your room if there's anything blue in your room it's going to really jump out at you mm-hmm. that color I just did it I just out. did it Mm-hmm. Yes. Out because you've just thought of blue because your brain just it can't focus on everything so it blocks the other stuff out and it just picks out blue so if you've got a picture of this successful business the life you want it to be how are you going to feel you're going to keep focusing on that mm-hmm. and you you block out the other stuff mm-hmm. mm. ah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let me ask you so let me ask you karen um what is your take on the laws of attraction? Like Abraham Hicks, are you, um, do you, have you, has she crossed your path at all? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's been a very big thing over in the UK too. Lots of people talk about it. Um, again, let's say I know about it. I haven't done lots of reading about it because let's say it's not really my thing, uh-huh. although it doesn't go against what I say. Uh-huh. I kind of do it, but for different reasons. So I get the neuropsychology that says I get what I focus on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I don't feel that I need to ask the universe for it because I know if I focus on it, Mm -hmm. I will become aware of those things and I will get more of it. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like a more self-empowered way of doing it instead of like the universe's. Yeah. Yeah. But in one sense, does it matter? Because right. if it works for you, you've got really good stuff. And yeah. I can say, do you know, it hasn't hurt anybody. It doesn't right. cost anybody for somebody to do or believe that. It doesn't hurt somebody else. So right. so what? You've got, you've got what you want. But right. from my point of view, is I, I see it less of a, want of a better word, a mystical thing. And mm-hmm. more of a, just a, almost a, a, a psychological thing. That's just the way we're wired. 
So it's really, I look at it as it goes back to whether you want to believe it's prayer, manifestation, positive thought, you're all headed in the right, in the same direction. It's just how you want to, how it plays out for you. Yeah. How you want to approach it. Yeah. Yeah. But again, back to the toxic part is where we repress negative emotions because on that journey, and of course on your business journey, Kurt, the same as mine, it is not smooth. Right. There's a roller coaster <laughs> that you're on that goes, yes. oh no, Wee-hoo. there are val- there are peaks and valleys. Right. Absolutely. So, so the thing <laughs> is that it's not a case of saying I'm not, I'm not pretending I'm in this bad bit. I'm not, I'm, I'm going to be positive, positive, positive. To be honest, I just think that's a bit weird. Actually, if, if something yeah. rubbish happens, oh my god, something really bad's happened here. Yeah. But then go, right, so what am I going to do about it? Because I'm determined to get over there. Mm-hmm. Now, I haven't said I don't feel angry or fed up about it or whatever, but what I am is still determined to get that good stuff. I haven't repressed all the negative stuff. Mm-hmm. What I've said is, you know, this isn't where I'm going to live forever. I'm going <laughs> yes. on again. Yeah. Right. This isn't where I'm going to live forever. Yeah. What do you want your right story now, to be going forward? Right. Yeah, but right now, we thought, that's how I feel. You know, I had I I an associate ring me up the other day and he was absolutely fuming about something that had happened. And he's one of the most, I'm doing the inverted commas in the air here, positive people I know through all the, the pandemic, through all the stuff that happens with businesses. He's been right out there and he's done amazing. And he rang me up and he was fuming about something that had happened. I had a right rant on the phone. But he was like, right, I'm okay now. I'm, I'm okay. I've got it out. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm moving on again. Yeah. Okay. It didn't make everything just perfect, right. waving a magic wand there, because he'd done it. But he got that emotion out. I'd been able to listen to him. Yeah. That was it. Right. That wasn't Okay. Acknowledge it. Get it out. Yeah. Figure out how you're moving yeah. forward from there. Yeah, because Leanne, Leanne and I were discussing this before you popped on. It's like, you know, we have these feelings, life happens, but we still have to pay bills mm-hmm. or I'm responsible. We're responsible for yeah. our income and yeah. I've got to find a way through it. Right. Acknowledging yeah. like I'm not Pollyanna, like, oh, everything's perfect. Yeah. Right. But I'm going to bring my best self forward through it. Yeah. And yeah. like you said, I'm going to get over here. I love what you said about you don't have to live there. One of my mentors says um, he never unpacks his bag somewhere he doesn't want to stay. Yeah. He never, that. Un- isn't that cool? He never unpacks yeah. somewhere that he yeah. doesn't want to stay. Yeah. 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 But, but it's about practically doing something about it, I think. And I think that's the balance that I like. So you've got good old Tony Robbins over there, haven't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He was my first introduction to coaching. Oh, like yeah. That. But the thing is, he, he had this brilliant thing about challenging situations which is that back to your Pollyanna there is no point going there are no weeds in my garden when your garden's <laughs> full of weeds and what you gotta do I'm gonna paraphrase because I won't put the expletives in the idiot but what you've got to do is roll up your sleeves get out there and pull out the weeds mm-hmm. yeah that's what take action yeah take action yeah Ah, which it's so is, refreshing to hear all this. Which is what it's almost like we needed an expert to validate <laughs> us. Because that's that's where the tension lies, but that's where we now, you know, Kurt will have some some tools now as to how to approach it. 
because whenever he wants to be like, let's pull up our sleeves, let's fix this or whatever, you know, that's where there's tension between him and his teenage daughter. But you've got some tools now. Um, I have like a, a question that has nothing mm-hmm. to do with what we're talking about um, that we would love to. to <laughs> yes, we like, can't on. wait to but ask her. But before I do, is there anything else, Kurt, that you wanted to ask her about toxic positivity? No, I, you know, she hit on all of our points, really everything that we wanted to discuss. This is, I feel yeah. so enlightened. I feel our listeners will as well. Thank you. Yeah. Oops, oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I'm glad that helped. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Forgive me. Cause I didn't prep Karen for this question. We were like, yeah. oh, we asked her this and if we have to cut it, we'll cut it. So okay. last, our last episode or one of our last episodes, whereas us just watching the Meghan Markle and Prince uh, Harry interview with Oprah and we were just like kind of breaking it down and talking about it and just kind of going, man, you know, we're just over here. I'm in Texas. He's in California. We yeah. obviously didn't grow up in a place where there's a monarchy. And, you know, there was that point in the, did you watch the interview? No, no. <gasps> but but <laughs> it has been impossible to get away from it, to, to, to ignore it over here. So the fact was that for about three days, the news was amazing because there was nothing about COVID nineteen. It was hard oh. and hard and It was quite bizarre, really. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, I guess we were just kind of wanting to get a take on what the energy is like over there, what people are saying, what's happening, and like because there's certain aspects of that whole situation that we will never be able to understand as no. Americans because we didn't grow up in a country with a monarchy mm-hmm. so deeply rooted, you know, in your traditions and everything. So oh. we're just kind of, we just wanted to hear from somebody across the pond about this. Okay. <laughs> wow. Oh, you really landed that. Okay. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's think about this. Um, so first thing I would like to say, because what, what we believe in the UK is that all Americans think we know each other. So right. I do not oh. know the Queen. I'm sorry, Kurt. I'm sorry. Oh, Karen. No. I need to leave now. Oh. I'm done with you, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> so so it, it, it's, it's a very strange one. And it does sound like over here that there's quite a divide uh, generationally. People tend to be more traditionalists about the monarchy and younger people tended to sort of side more with Harry and Meghan around what was happening. Mm. So that that seemed to be what happened over here. Uh, loads of people watched it, loads and loads of people watched it. I deliberately didn't. Okay. Um, for the reason, uh, what was the phrase that was used for me last week? I think really applied to it. Something like, we all have our own truth. Mm. And nobody can know. And it has been such a media circus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been quite hard not to have an opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody's had an opinion. And nobody knows. Okay. Nobody exactly. knows. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So so, but the thing is, and and I think, you know. The, the big thing with this is uh, the whole media circus with it, it makes a lot of people a lot of money the more we talk about it. Right. And I just, I, I don't agree, I don't disagree, because I don't know. But, do you know, you just see what's actually a family drama, isn't it, mm-hmm. that happens in every family <laughs> at right. some point to some extent. 
it just happens to have happened in this one. So it's a massive deal. Right. But actually, it's the same family drama that plays out all over that somebody's kids or somebody's grandkids don't do what they want to do in the way they want to do it. Right. So, but but opinions being really polarised and we've had people walking off television. Oh, well, you know Piers Morgan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Piers wow. Morgan who walked off television in a huff and resigned and, and all the rest of it. And it's just been bonkers. Yeah. Um, but all I see, and I'll be honest, from a really humanistic point of view, there's two young people there with a young family and it's just potentially just such a huge car crash for everybody. It's really hard to see how anybody comes out of this as any kind of winner right? without being a loser in some way or another out of it. Um, you know, but apart from the, the media getting loads out of it because they've, it writes good copy, isn't it? And, yeah. You know, but but yeah, there's been some very, very polarised opinions <laughs> over here. Yeah. So it seems like what you were saying was that it's kind of like the younger generation really seems to empathise with or understand Megan and Harry's position and the mm. older generation really kind of are... More traditional, I, I suppose. Maybe, ag- I don't want to say against, but just kind of like, you know maybe mm. don't agree with their actions or or how yeah. they're going about yeah. their lives. Yeah. That's so yeah. interesting. And, and would sort of empathise more with the Queen and the more traditional side of the royal family um, rather than, yeah, the, the, the young whippersnappers. So can I just ask, because <laughs> you, already, you already know, because obviously you're, you're, you're broadcasting from over there, but what's opinion like over, over your way then? Well, it's really about the race, the focus on the racism, Mm-hmm. You know, especially, um, and just the, um, yeah, that, that's what it really was. Uh, the parallels between Megan and Diana mm-hmm. and, um, just like you said, the old, the old monarchy, the old tradition versus mm-hmm. reality, right. as mm-hmm. you could say. And, um, you know, with Megan wanting to go, you know, her, what she says that she wanted to go for help when she wanted to kill herself and she mm-hmm. was denied it's just about it being a toxic environment mm-hmm. but really the racism plays a big that part is what's really the center yeah. of right. it the mental yeah. health yeah. the racism yeah. piece yeah. and then like um mm-hmm. the old way versus the new way kind of yeah. thing and then i think people mm-hmm. are just like i think just in general everybody's fascinated with all of it but you know everybody you know <laughs> americans are just like yes oprah we love you oprah <laughs> oh do. yes oprah can do no wrong yeah, yeah. 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 She, she's your royal family isn't she she <laughs> is like it yeah there you go yes. she's exactly celebrities are our royalty so yeah. thank you so much for answering that that was fun thanks we for indulging us i'm not sure i really did i think it was a very city on the fancy one but it is my own view of it really but yeah we can't know we honestly can't know right you know what you saw on that screen but you don't know anything else that happened you don't know any other context we don't know the context of all those other things but it doesn't serve the media well right. to make it so. Right. Um, <laughs> That's my totally cynical view of it. <laughs> I really appreciate you indulging us on this. So one last, one last indulgent question. Um, do you watch The Crown? No. <laughs> no? I am obsessed with this show right now. So <laughs> I'm just this American that I think I just like, I'm, I've, I've been fascinated with the monarchy since I was a child. Okay. And yeah, yeah. Um, 
I, I just feel like because the cast is good and the acting's mm-hmm. amazing, and I just feel like I'm getting a glimpse into what this, you know, looks like, and it, it makes for good entertain. It, it makes for good escapism yeah. on my part, anyway. So far from reality. Uh-huh. Um, right now, I'm in the part where that guy um, during oh, the late '50s, Linquist. He he was Lord something, and he called out the Queen about her old traditional ways, and he really kind of mm-hmm. changed the course of the monarchy. Oh, um, right. Yeah. Lord something I can't remember his name but um he ended up taking a moderate he ended up like letting go of his lord title but he actually had a private meeting with the queen that he couldn't talk about until you know Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I don't know all that's just fascinating to me (laughs) I'm just curious if it's ever going to go away that the monarchy will ever just be disbanded I I don't know I I think there's something I think particularly again back to that generational thing in particular mm-hmm. um I, I suppose there's something about what relevance it has in the modern age yeah but it, it's really strange because you know I'm 53 now and I was sort of brought up with this very traditional views that the queen came and we all stood outside if you came to your town and you were all taken out of school children <laughs> you waved flags and you all cheered mm-hmm. and, and 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 that's what we did so there's almost something that's kind of ingrained and as indoctrinated in us that that's yes. what you have and 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 obviously all our press is always full of the royal family and any anything they do you know if you did it Kurt you know I mean you your daughter wouldn't even put it on Facebook if the queen does it you know it's it's all over <laughs> papers and right. and and so we, we we've always had that tradition really but then obviously things change and and as things change that people don't like and people are more critical nowadays and people feel that they demand more information about people if you're a public figure. And by the way, you've got some public money, so we demand to have more of you. Right. It, it's it's a very weird world, really. So there's part of you that doesn't even think about it and it's just part of the establishment and, right. and how things are. But then other things pop up that they'd never been questioned before. And now, and now oh. are, and yeah. people feel that they have the right to do so, which yes, they do, you know, but yeah, it's, it's a very strange one. But no, I think, I mean, certainly from the point of view of tourism alone, uh, there are a lot of benefits to having the royal family. Right. All yeah. the people come to see Buckingham Palace. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, so then it probably won't be gone in our lifetime, but it'll be interesting to see what yeah. happens. Uh, I think at the end of our children's lifetime, maybe Um, tell let's, I want you to take a moment and tell everybody where they can find you, your website, email address, social security number, all the good things. Um, Actually, I don't get to have social security. I'll I'll give my bank account where everybody can pay all the massive checks. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, if if you'd like to know more, so my website is w.bright-bird.co.uk. Um, now I have a Twitter account, so I'm on there regularly, which is brightbird01. Okay. Is my Twitter handle. I'm also on Facebook, which is Brightbird Coaching. Um, so again, I regularly post things on well-being, on things like behavior, on things like getting your goals and, and getting the best out of life in general and, and work and things. So, yeah, people can give me a, 
a follow on there. That's great. And I, I, you find on my website, I do training on things like well-being all online. So literally you could access that from anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, everything from well-being programs to how to manage difficult conversations and how to coach people, Kurt, how to ask coaching questions. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's good for this your business too. Super helpful. Are you on Instagram? Uh, I am actually. I think I'm, I'm Bright Bird Coaching on Instagram as well. I think I've um, followed you guys on Instagram. So oh, okay. I'm oh, really okay. disappointed if you haven't followed me straight back, actually. Oh, we're going to get on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So www.bright bird.co.uk. That's it. It's at brightbird01 on Twitter. Yep. And then Bright Bird Coaching on Facebook. That's right. At Bright Bird on Instagram. Is that what I heard? Mm -hmm. I'm I'm rapidly checking it as well. And I'm going to put all of this in the show notes for those of you that are listening. I'm Bright Bird Coaching on Instagram as well. Okay. At Bright Bird Coaching on Instagram. Okay. So so, um, since you're in this new world, day and age, you can work with people all over the globe, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. So, so in many ways, whilst we have this horrible time with the pandemic and everything, and all my customers disappeared almost overnight, uh, 12 months ago, uh, I went online and now I can do things like this. And I have people coming to me from all over the UK, other people from Europe on my courses. So yeah, it's really literally opened a new world out for me, which has been uh, good stuff out of bad stuff, really. Yeah. Absolutely. I love this. Yes. No. And Karen, we're going to connect on all these outlets and stay in touch with you. It was wonderful sharing space with you. And um, thanks for, I I received so much value from this and I know that our listeners will too. Oh, that's great. That's great. No, likewise. It's been lovely to be. Yeah. No, I really enjoyed that. Oh, thanks for helping us solve world peace today, Karen. Thanks for helping us. We solved world peace with Karen. Stay in touch. (laughs) We will. All right. Good seeing you. Yeah, bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.